The Book Thingo podcast is a lively discussion about romance books, culture, and horny men. Sophie Lai joins us for episode 72, recorded in Sydney. Book Thingo would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this episode was recorded, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We also acknowledge the contributions of Australia's Indigenous people to our shared literary heritage. Welcome to the Book Thingo podcast, talking about books we love, especially romance. Kill a fairy fast on the Book Thingo podcast. Welcome back to the Book Thingo podcast. I'm Kat Mayo from bookthingo.com.au, an Aussie blog for romance readers. We recently celebrated Free Comic Book Day and we wondered, how do romance and comic books intersect? Sophie Lai is a romance reader and certified girl geek who co-hosts her own podcast called Gaggle of Geeks. She's also affectionately known to us as Better Rudy, thanks to her one-time performance reading the Book Thingo bloggers DMs for our second anniversary. But try not to let that confuse you, because original Rudy is also along for the ride. You can find information on the titles and authors we talk about in this episode by going to bookthingo.com.au slash podcast and clicking on episode number 72. And if you're on Twitter, you can live tweet while listening to the show using the hashtag BTPod. Have you read the Twilight graphic novel? No. Have you? <laughs> no, but Jen, Jen reviewed it for Book Thingo and it was just, it didn't make me want to read it. But um, I think the font was Times New Roman or something, which is like, I don't even know what's what with that. But anyway, I just wanted to check. Um, Sophie and I had a massive fight <laughs> about two months ago because we were having a very um, involved discussion about the universe of Twilight and how how the science of it worked. It was kind of a rolling chat that lasted about 12, 14 hours before <laughs> she actually disclosed the fact that she'd never read it. I read the first Twilight. No, I read the first two Twilights. Which, oh, that's okay. That's the same with me. Yeah, no, but the, the science part that I was trying <laughs> to talk about... That, that happened in number four. Okay. ...was the fourth book. <laughs> and I only watched, I think, the... F- first movie. I that don't was mean... the other thing. She oh, the same. I'm didn't same. tell me. Like... Am I you, Kat? <laughs> <laughs> but I was very into the science between how a vampire can impregnate a human. So we had this rolling conversation for, yeah, as Rudy mentioned, 12, 14 hours. And it was a very in-depth discussion. But I just don't think that you are allowed to have opinions on the science if you haven't read enough of it to understand I read the synopses on Wikipedia. Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> I felt like that was all the, the series warranted from me at that stage. <laughs> I feel like that was a good call. Very good call. Some of us read the entire series and watched the films on the days that they were released. Midnight sessions. It was great life choices, frankly. <laughs> so did you read the graphic novel? Or did they come out a lot later than... Um... Like, was it after you had sort of gotten over the Twilight? I don't think I'm I'm over Twilight at all. Okay. Um, okay. Fair <laughs> to enough. this day, it, it haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Rudy. I'm Sophie. And I'm Kat. Would you like me to say how honoured I am to be on Book Thingo podcast? <laughs> no, stop crawling. You've already... <laughs> 
But yeah, so today we're we're kind of talking about comic books. Because Sophie, you're like, you're a legit geek girl. You're into comics. I am. A lot more when I was younger, I'd say. I just think it's funny because like, you've always been like a lot more reluctant to call yourself a romance reader. Mm. You do call yourself a comic book reader, but you haven't read comics in ages. I've read more romance books at this point. At this point, than I have comic books in the past three years or so, I'd say. So you go to the reading school of Cat Mayo. How dare you? <laughs> you identify as like a reader of something that you don't read anymore. I mean, yeah, that's why I'm reluctant. Like, I do claim myself still because I have read a lot. I have never read any graphic novels. Still? Yes. And that questioning tone is because Sophie has lent me <laughs> a copy, her copy of the Umbrella Academy, but I gave you the first one, first collection, and you were very repulsed by the cover. I wasn't repulsed. I was scared. <laughs> it's deeply sexual. So the one I got wasn't actually the standard. It was a limited edition um, cover, and I chose that one over the standard cover. It like it made me like uncomfortable to look at. It continues to make me uncomfortable <laughs> to look at because the the cover is like the body of a woman but also she's a violin and i just feel like really like it's overtly sexual come from her vulva <laughs> they do and i'm like like you can't vulva violin what's the difference <laughs> it's got to be played with <laughs> just... and i was like oh my god Anyway, and I just so I have Gabriel Bar really is an incredible nice artist. I, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's beautiful in a way that just like I was really kind of irked by it, and so I haven't. I, I I'm not sure if I can read sex scenes that are like illustrated, and I I think that's where I'm I'm at right now. Like I'm I'm nervous really? about whether I can cope with that. Like maybe. Maybe I'm but regressing you... to like being 14 and being like a little bit kind of. But how do you deal with sex scenes in movies and shows? How's it different to it being illustrated? Or I don't know. I mean, it's a it because I, I I haven't read any, so I'm really <laughs> just projecting my own sort of things onto it. Well, it's there's barely any sex scenes in the actual. Well, that's the other thing, because, like, <laughs> how is sex and love represented differently through illustration to you? It'll depend completely on the artist. I think it's Stefan Sejic. So he actually writes a BDSM series at the moment called Sunstone. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my to-read list. I have heard of that. Um, I, fo- if, I follow his Facebook page, and he's always posting little snippets from it, and it looks like a lot of fun. Um because that's described as a like an erotic romantic comedy mm. about like a BDSM couple. Yeah, I followed his work at first because he used to be the artist on Witchblade, and Witchblade at first was very tits and arsy, and then he and Ron Mars took over. But he, even when he drew like romantic elements in that story, it was like, oh my god, this is hot. <laughs> because um, so Witchblade follows Sarah Pizzini. She's a detective, and she has um this gauntlet that kind of gives her powers but um it's its own like sentient being pretty much and by nefarious means she's impregnated by another (laughs) 
uh, entity and at this stage in the story and um but her police partner who's completely human no powers he's romancing her with some spaghetti and it is like <laughs> that's my favorite way to be romanced <laughs> and he's like trying he's like partial to pasta he's like it's okay we don't know what's going on with this pregnancy just sit down i'll make you some pasta and she's like all right i'm just gonna go in my room and he's like we're taking out the pasta like about to put in the pot and he looks up and she's like Hey, <laughs> she's like half naked. And I'm like, yes, girl, yes. You go get him. He make you pasta. <laughs> he draws really. He draws those kind of relationships really beautifully. So, I read comics a lot when I was like very young. Mm. But every time I've tried to go back to it now as an adult, I've had a, I've had a really hard time getting through even one. And I think for me. I find it hard to use the visual elements in a graphic novel to form that connective tissue of storytelling. I don't know. I can't I can't pick that up from the visuals and so then I always feel like the story is just action 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 and I'm just like I don't understand what's happening in the in the spaces where... Like the interior. Yeah, exactly, of it. exactly. I don't know if that's even a word, yeah, but it is now. No, but that, that's it, right? I miss the words, which, you know, it's... I, I don't know if that just makes me a bad graphic novel. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the more the description in between that links the scenes right, together yes. is what you miss. Yeah, but I think sometimes, like, especially in the really good works, you're meant to get that from the visual yeah right the artist is meant to fill that in and I find it hard to sit there and look at a page because I'm so used to looking at the narrative through the text (gasps) so I find it really difficult to pause and look at what the picture is actually telling me and then trying to figure out like what's happening that is not in the actual text I was about to be like maybe it's because we're like we're too fast like we're such fast readers but then I was thinking about it and I was like "Mm, Mm. Sophie and I tried to read something together the other day I beat you (laughs) I was so slow I just she reads so fast so that is not the reason no I think it just depends on the artist and the writer because a lot of the time the writer will write it the artist will interpret it and then send it back and then changes will come through that way so it'll be like it'll be like that kind of communication between them how well it kind of plays out this scene and I have discovered a lot of great artists I admire like Dustin Nguyen and Stepan Sejic as well Fiona Staples Nicholas Scott I'll be like oh love their artwork yes I'm picking that up Oh, Nicholas Scott, the only reason, well, not the only reason, but a major reason that I'm familiar with her name has to do with, like, one, she's Australian, Yes, right? she's yes. Okay, Australian. Um, <laughs> she's one of the few Australians who works from Australia for DC who do, like, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Batman, and um, Superman. So, yeah, she's done heaps for them. But isn't she also quite well known for, like, having drawn the butt of Nightwing. Nightwing. Yes. So nice. like famously great butt of Nightwing. Ooh, <laughs> that's what that, that's why Nicholas Scott deserves to be a household name. So yeah, Nightwing, Nightwing butt. Nightwing used to be one of my favourites of series and he still is one of my favourite characters. So he was the first Robin. Um and then when he kind of like was like growing up like I'm getting away from Batman, make my own identity, he became Nightwing. 
and he was he was part of a group called Outsiders, and then he was a part of another group. I think Nicholas Scott was illustrating it, and she was just like, he's got the best ass in DC Universe, so she's going to make this ass real good, and she did. And it's funny, because every time you go to, like, cons now, everyone's like, can you just draw me, like, his butt, please? <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's different, because, you know, we're so, when we read comics, especially the stuff from, like, the 90s, you're so used to just seeing, like, women's tits and ass, like, it was a known style, tits and ass. And it was, she just turned and was like, all right, now it's the boys' turn. <laughs> Some female gaze on. Exactly. Yeah, on and that's a great thing. Superhero. Like, yeah, yeah, we're getting a lot more female creators who are doing that. And she's one of them. And it's just. <laughs> and she also, Nicola Scott, though, she writes, she also does a book um, with Greg Rucker um, called Black Magic about a, about a detective of Rowan Black. And she is, she practices Wicca. And. Does the investigation thing, but it's like so queer. It's beautiful. <laughs> Definitely read it if you can. <laughs> Didn't you say okay. that you tried to read something in preparation? I You've did. done homework. Tell us about your so, homework. I was trying to read this. Um, I, th- I think it's a collection of short romance comics called Fresh Romance. So I got further than I did last time I tried to read it because I actually paid attention. So I'll tell you what why I couldn't get through it last time. It's because there were, I think, four main characters and two of them are redheads and they're wearing green and I couldn't tell them apart and I got so confused because, like, yes, okay, so this time around I paid attention and one of them's got a hairband and one of them's got, like, a ponytail so now I can tell them apart. But I remember when I first read this thinking, I can't tell all these, like, redheads apart. It's actually really cute because it's about a group of friends Two of the girls are going out with each other, but they're both scared to come out as lesbians to their families and to their school. So they've got this ongoing external drama where they're pretending that they're fighting over this other guy. And that guy is going out with their other friend, but the other friend is like a witch and she's not allowed to date humans. You're right. Yeah, that Look, sounds like not, there's a lot going on. The thing is, it's fun. not. <laughs> it is fun, but it's not like deep. And so I kind of. Read it and go, okay, that's a nice kind of story with pictures. I feel like that's but it's your not starting a game point enough. because when it becomes deep, like Lucifer or Sandman, you get lost. I just can't be happy. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely one of the like, more deeper, like, you know, graphic novels that are out there. Well, I, when I started Lucifer, I thought I really love this story, but I wish I had more words because <laughs> I just want to read the words. I didn't want to really look at the, <laughs> the pictures. What I can't understand is why when I was a child, when, as a child, I could read it and appreciate it, and the pictures never bothered me, but now I, I'm so, so sort of distracted by them. I have no answer for you. <laughs> no, no, I was no I'm, say, not, I'm not so, looking for an answer. So Sophie, solve that. Like, I can't solve it. Psychoanalyze cat for because her. Maybe recommend me something. I mean, for me, like, yeah, I know also partially why I don't go to, like, get as many comics, because... Um, my tablet died, and that was where I read a lot of them. Some of the great things about, like, Comixology, which is one of the comic book apps, is when you open up a book, it'll actually just open up the panel itself instead of the whole page. Mm. And then when you tap next, it'll go to the next panel. So for people who struggle with ordering, it does it for you. So do you have to buy them somewhere specific? Or, like, can you just, like, if you've got... The, for those ones, you would have to go through that comiXology which kind of sells pretty much all brands of comics on there um yeah so it's it's the main one because there were there were a couple of others flying around but i think yeah 
it was a bit of quite a transition for artists as well and writers and creators when moving to the digital platforms as well because they had to change their art a little bit. You were asking for recommendations. My favourite is Saga. So it's a space opera, features a romance. The story is told through the eyes of a little alien girl. Um, She kind of tells a story about how her parents met and stuff and she's kind of recounting like from pretty much her birth onwards and like as you go through the story like her parents met and bonded over a romance book okay this is the one so I've got in front of me and it's like your typical romance kind of cover (laughs) oh that's so pretty isn't it wait is it a real book have we checked no not that I know of um, so Saga's written by Brian K. Vaughan and um, art by uh, Fiona Staples. And, um, but, yeah, so her parents, they are two – they were from two warring nations pretty much. So her father is from Wreath and her mom's from Landfall, two different species. It is forbidden to ever be together because they're on opposite sides of the war, but they kind of run away together and have her – the series pretty much follows their adventures as they try to escape authorities who are trying to kill the whole family for pretty much simply existing. And because the kid is like a hybrid, it's like, oh my God, monstrosity. But then you kind of meet all these other weird aliens. You're like, she don't look no different from <laughs> everyone else. But yeah, they bond because um, her dad was a prisoner of war and her mum was his um, guard. And he was reading this book, which is called... Uh, a Nighttime Smoke by D. Oswald Heist. <laughs> and and then like he gives a, it to a mom. A cover. And then they, they fall in love and they run away from there. But um, as the series continues, they actually take refuge with the author, who is a, like a solid pacifist, and he puts all his pacifism through this romance book that he writes. Yeah, it's just such an interesting mix of characters that really kind of and it, the central romance is her parents trying to, like, fight against all the odds that are thrown against them and stay together as a family unit. And it's, like, one of my favourite books. It is so good. Brian K. Vaughan, um, when he was working at Marvel, he wrote he did one of my favourite series there called Runaways, and it was about a teen group of runaways. And the great thing about this series, it was kind of based on the West Coast of America. Well, most of the superhero stuff's happened on the East Coast, where New York is. So it was kind of, like, fresh-setting new characters because they're all teenagers who find out that their parents are actually super villains. And I really loved it because, like, there were, like, a group of, like, really diverse backgrounds. The girl that was heading that kind of group, she was an Asian girl <laughs> named Nico. And, like, her first relationship, and that was with Alex, who is African-American. The next guy she ends up with is, like, he was he's, like, an android who is also Latino. <laughs> It's just, and I I shipped their relationship so hard, and I was so sad when they didn't make it. Is there romance in this? Like runaways? Well, they're teenagers. Of course, they're hooking up. And one of the best relationships with her was um between this kid called um the oldest who was called Chase, um, and everyone thought he was like a dumb jockey kind of guy, but he falls in love with the nerdy girl. He's a bit more curvaceous than your average superhero kind of. And they were like the most solid in all of the relationships in that group. So that's my ship. That's your ship. Okay. Because like I'm not reading anything if I don't have a ship. That's your ship. My ship was Nico because she was Asian. I could see myself on her. <laughs> I mean, let, I mean yeah. that's beautiful and that's lovely. But like yeah. 
fuck a ship that's gonna sink. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is the thing though. This is like I don't. I don't it never ends, ends well. Yeah, it never no ends promise. well. But he wrote like teenagers really well and those relationships really well. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Just make <laughs> like just like as long as there's a ship that's gonna stay afloat. That's all I'm asking. Oh my god, you're giving me like the shadiest <laughs> eyes. Like it's a comic, nothing yeah. ever ends well. Oh, this is so sad. <laughs> anyway, I'm just gonna hand you over my copy of Saga now. So I I love that you're trusting me with I mean like You will read it because the first scene is literally her giving birth. What? Why did you think that would appeal to me? Because <laughs> it's a great story. But in the latest volume. The opening scene is literally him giving her head as she squirts in his face. <laughs> I mean, almost, if, if you don't bother to read what's happening, like, it really almost could start with him giving her head because his head is, like, right up in there. And... <laughs> yeah, it is. He's, yeah, his head is, like, under her dress, between her legs. He's like, mm-hmm. But yeah. no, yep, you're right. He's... Uh, that's definitely a birth scene. <laughs> that's not a sexual. That's no. not sexual. Um, but one of the other. You... Oh God, that <laughs> baby is really graphic too. This is like. Can, are you sure about this? Oh, I forgot you're a prude. I mean, there's nothing. Again, there is nothing <laughs> sexual about that baby. It's just like very fucking there. <laughs> I'm anti. I'm anti children. I mean, in later in later volumes, they introduced a character who's also trans, and they're very oh. open about. She's Sorry. very open about who she is, and it's great. Sorry, the O was because it went <laughs> to an actual sex scene accidentally. Oh, yeah, they do visit some very odd... Yes. <laughs> there are a lot of sexual beings in that series. Um, yeah. Rudy's face is not impressed. I, no, no, no. It's, uh, I think that I'm... expression is called bemusement. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to take this. I'm going to have to, like, read it, read it. Please don't struggle like Kat does because it, it, it's my fave. <laughs> well, I at least I do actually have you to ask mm. when, like... Like, I love the the, the dad guy. Uh, he's one of my favourite characters. So I actually got a commission of him, like, a portrait of his head that used to be on my wall. <laughs> he's really handsome. <laughs> he flashed that first, like, bit with his face just... No, not that one. Oh, one of the panels where he, it was just his face. Yeah. I guess he was looking at her vagina while she was yes. giving birth. Yeah, he Seems is. He's quite good looking. He is quite good looking he's very as good he looking. gives her <laughs> encouragement. Um, he's just the most supportive Oh, my God. Oh, him. he actually is. I like, love okay, so yeah. Much. Fuck her. Okay, fuck. Okay. Rudy's going to read now. Because, um, like, while he looks at her handsomely, um, he says, you have never been as beautiful as you are right now. She's legit in the middle of giving birth. Um, she looks quite angrily back at him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm into them as a I couple. I feel like I would right? need this too. Right? They are gorgeous as a couple. Yeah. I love them he's so trying much. To be, he's trying to be like real sweet and supportive and she's like, you need to shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> And this is them all the time. He's just like, no, I'm a pacifist now. I'm not going to like do war. And she's like, people are attacking us. Where is your bloody sword and gun? Give them to me. It's very much that. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And like, I feel I like do... I'm going to end up reading this, even though I know that it hasn't finished yet and yeah. they might one day all be killed. Um, look, Sophie's I... like, mm, she's not like, making mm. any promises. <laughs> But yeah, look, I'm I'm not opposed to to reading about 
um, a man with horns. Um, <laughs> a horny man. A horny man. No, I, I've read almost the entirety of Ruby Dixon's Alien series. I've heard of that. Yep. It's um, about this... these women that get captured by aliens. Are these the blue aliens? Yes, they are. <laughs> these are my only aliens, okay? It's I, I think the series is called the Ice Barbarian series or no or Ice Planet series. I don't know. I can't quite. But like so that it's not problematic, they get captured and stolen by a group of aliens. And then one of the women or some of the women kind of get free and they take over the ship and they crash land the ship onto this ice planet. Like they've escaped their captors. But now they're still kind of stuck in a planet that they don't belong on. And they so, meet some nice blue aliens. So they meet some friendly blue aliens <laughs> who don't have any women's left. So they're six foot, they've got a tail, they've got horns. I don't vouch for I don't necessarily <laughs> vouch for it, but I have read every single <laughs> Look, if you are not in for a wild <laughs> plot... Um, it's not the series for you. Yeah. There's... I started with Anita Blake, actually. So the first couple of books, I was like, oh, really into this. And then they started releasing graphic novels. And I did read those graphic novels <laughs> as well. I didn't know that there were any. Did you know? Yeah, there were graphic novels with it. Um, but I think they stopped before no. they started getting super, super horny. No, but I'm not surprised because there's a whole um, trend of paranormal romance and urban mm-hmm. fantasy romance authors getting... Because Patricia Briggs has graphic novels. I think Nalini Singh has one. Does she? I think so. Let me not have made that. I would read the shit out of that. Because I remember, like, I think it was, like, around book five when it became super porn without plot, but I only, like, got to the graphic novels. Super as opposed to ordinary porn. Well, the first three. Well, there was a bit of plot in the first okay. few. <laughs> well, the first three, she she was celibate, remember? She didn't really. No, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> so the first three was pretty, it was very, like, vampire steaky gore. And then, like, from four, five, then it started getting very, very sexual. Um, but the first three, it was very still detective-y, bloody action gore kind of thing. And that worked quite well in the graphic novel sense. Maybe I never read the first three. Maybe. Maybe I started at a different point in the... Maybe. Anyway. Maybe. I uh, think I lied. I don't think Nalini Singh has a graphic novel edition. That's disappointing. That's really disappointing because, like, I feel like that's a series that, yeah, like, it would be fun to have the yeah. graphic novels as, like, a companion piece. Yeah. But also she writes very visually anyway, so I feel like... I actually find it quite diff- like watching graphic novels being adapted to TV or for screen. I don't mind, but when it's like book to graphic novel, you feel like you're reading the same thing. I find mm. a lot of the time because oh. I read the Great Expectations graphic novel, and I was like, oh, so much shorter, <laughs> <laughs> so much more digestible. I enjoy this, but it was like pretty much same for same. <laughs> but Harlequin released some of their books in graphic novel format as well i haven't i haven't read any of them but i know that they went through this whole thing of oh i've got a graphic novel coming out or a manga or whatever do you know why (laughs) no just a thing to do i mean i think i don't know whether they're selling it in markets where manga is really popular Mm. 
there's oh, yeah. yeah there's that and there's been a huge uptake in people in comic books in general because they are really pushing it more as a genre to be taken seriously in literature um especially since people like you know kids aren't reading enough they're like well get them into comics and then they'll transition to literature literature so there's a huge push for that which is why they have stuff like free comic book day and all of that just to get especially the youngins in Mm. to reading but fun because there's pictures and then you can transition over Mm. um have you read Mm. any romance novels that feature comics yeah the only one i've probably read is the tyler hibbon is it a girl like her so that was one i saw comics featured i guess i mean also she's a she does a web series Mm. like her own stuff yeah yeah um so it's not just that she's into comics it's like literally her job she's probably the main one and the fact that like because at first i thought that i was just I'm not super into Chris Evans, so, like, I was a bit, like, whatever. Anyway, my point is that I was getting a very Chris Evans vibe from the hero of Mm. A Girl Like Her, and I thought that maybe I was drawing a false conclusion, but it turns out she genuinely did base him off him. Yeah. Or was, like, inspired by him. Right. And I thought that that was quite interesting because, like, there has been a lot of authors in the last like two years Mm. who have written heroes that are inspired by Chris Evans doing like publicity kind of stuff for the Avengers and Captain America and like blah 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 whatever I clearly don't watch any of those things no the only thing I remember of him that I remember him doing is that meme where he's chopping down like some logs (laughs) only (laughs) only one I remember because my cousins in the Philippines have it on Facebook all the time. It's like they're, you know, are you having a bad day? Do you need something to make you feel better? Here's Chris oh, yeah. Evans chopping some logs. Back when he had his hairy chest. Mm-hmm. I know the one now. So, like, Salika Snyder has talked about the hero in... Well, actually, like, even if she hadn't spoken about it, it's very fucking clear. There's a scene in Tika Chance on Me where she describes the hero mm. in this like in this particular scene and, and the way that he's kind of standing in a doorway the shirt that he's wearing and the jeans that he's wearing and I was like I know that publicity shot <laughs> I absolutely know that photo that photo like that that description is a description of Chris Evans in this very specific photo yeah that everybody lost their shit over and I was like yep yeah, cool I mean he's hot whatever um because I'm, I'm not emotionally invested in it, so I, I couldn't quite switch my brain off. And it was very much like when J.R. Ward writes about Rahage looking like... <laughs> sorry, I just can't. <laughs> looking like Brad Pitt. And it's just this, <sighs> it's this thing in the back of my head that goes, that's cool. Um, you've broken me out of it accidentally mm. with your own enthusiasm, and I'm really glad that you have that enthusiasm for something you're writing. And for a character you're writing, but now I can't see this character as who you want me to see. It's not a character anymore. It's Are him. you sure it was an interview with a vampire? <laughs> who? Oh, oh my god. god! I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna think. Of, I mean, I already have like 
a very camp idea of what Rahage looks like because I refuse to, like, I hate the way that she spells her character's names, but whatever. What was the other one you tried to get me to pronounce and I got it completely wrong? Um, I don't even know. Jardist. Jardist is my favorite. He's both my, he's both my favorite name to say. It was that. It was because you were like, it's supposed to sound like Sadis and I said it completely wrong. I think I said it the same way you did. I was going to say, I think that you actually matched me and I, I was I really proud yeah. Yeah, because that's like how it, how it's written is how it should be read. And <laughs> I shouldn't have to have a phonetic guide just to know how to say your like tormenting names. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good joke because there know. is literally a character called Torment. Yeah, no, I figured there's no, an extra couple no, pages no, no, no. in it's there. Torment because the o, the H is after the O. Oh, all right. See this because then it would be Torment so... otherwise. <laughs> but you know there are some. I um, thought it was T A H O I M E T Torment. Yeah. O H. Yeah. Torment. Oh, huh. <laughs> oh. I don't anyway, know. anyway, there are some readers of this. I'm, I'm almost sure <laughs> Rudy just keeps saying mispronouncing all these names. Do you know or, what? I'm, so that it would drive them crazy. But I'm, I'm sorry, never there's a H and rage. It's Rahaj. It is. <laughs> but do you know what? I've actually never kept my own pronunciation of any of the character names in the podcast before. Oh, really? I've been very like because I haven't found a good way to. To talk about the fact that I have my own style guide. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good style guide. Um, but yeah, so where was I going with all of this? Anyway, sorry. so so like, yeah, like Take a Chance on Me has Chris Evans, mm. a Chris Evans inspired character. So does a girl like her. So does... Oh, Aislinn, Aislinn Kearns. We, we discussed it when we talked to her. That Stranded with a Mountain Man is kind of based on Chris Evans. <laughs> like, it just is like the series of... Do you think it's because he's generic looking enough, he can fit into these hero descriptions as somewhat every man? I don't think it's about looking generic. I think it's about looking... He's objectively handsome. His objective handsomeness is raised when he has a beard. I don't think that it's... Uh... I was so sad when he shaved it off in the new Avengers. But I don't I don't think that it's um, unrelated that it wasn't until he started doing promo with his beard that he started promoting his beard, in fact. That... <laughs> That like the beard was strong. The popularity was raised even further, and then the fact that like he is a genuinely like he seems to be mm. a genuinely nice human being mm. who is also within his work portraying a nice human being. I think that that is helping, but unfortunately, like the outcome is that a lot of a lot of yeah. the authors that I read have all kind of been inspired by him in this like very sort of. He also has a Nightwing butt. <laughs> Actually, I do agree that his butt is pretty okay. I don't agree <laughs> pretty with... okay. It is a Nightwing butt. I don't, I don't really... I'm looking up his picture to see if I find <laughs> it objectively like handsome. Like Chris Evans' plus like, butt. really. No, the butt... I, I remember the butt. The butt's fine. <laughs> there is a joke in the latest Avengers all about his butt. <laughs> of course there is. 
Blossom Among Flowers by J.E. Tria features a heroine who's super into manga. And I think the the initial um, meet-cute between her and the hero is when she's in the bookshop um, looking for books and she's feeling guilty because she was kind of neglecting her studies in order to read and she shouldn't have been and, and so on. But it's, I think it's heavily influenced by um, Boys Over Flowers, obviously, as the title alludes to. By what? Boys Over Flowers. I don't know what that okay, is. Okay, um, it's a J-drama and a K-drama. There are different versions. And it's it features this girl who's like so heavily bullied by this sort of group of boys but then ends up sort of falling in love with one of them and then there's like a secondary yes but then there's (laughs) a secondary and I didn't kind of like it because I was going for the secondary love interest who's was much nicer right I clearly don't have that much of an issue with bullies being redeemed yeah that's something that we should probably talk about eventually Mm. because I feel like there's very good reasons why people don't like that and will not read it. Well, I but think I, also me, I just found him feel... unattractive, so I was like, no, I like the other guy better. <laughs> but I also feel like I have really good reasons for why I'm okay with it. But anyway, whatever. That's not the point today. Um... <laughs> um, and, and the other book that I that is sort of tangential to graphic novels is a book called Sidekick by Aurelie Wallace. And it's more of an urban fantasy than ro- romance, but the first book does have romantic elements. I just can't promise whether those romantic elements resolve in the second book because I didn't read the second book <laughs> is that oh no I was thinking of not your sidekick which is a very no. like I think that's a YA novel no um, this is it's called sidekick and the heroine um wants to be a superhero so she kind of stalks the lady superhero of the city and tries to be her sidekick but she's not kind of very good at it when you say she's not very good at it do you mean she's not good at stalking or she's not good at being a sidekick she's not good at being a sidekick and okay. also the lady superhero is like i don't really need a sidekick that's a that's fair a call thing. but it was kind of a fun urban fantasy a little bit different to the normal sort of werewolves vampires and so on yeah gail simone did a really good that happened a lot in um birds of prey where there was this young teen that kind of started stalking birds of prey trying to get in as a sidekick as well <laughs> they took her in in the end but yeah nice cute. <laughs> but it was very cute yeah no Oh, do you know what book you have read? It's not actually like comic books, but it kind of has that same vibe. The Lockbox by Eve Dangerfield because like she's a she's an animator and she's making her own video game based on the illustrations that she's been doing for several years. Yeah, and then she's yeah. working at the um police station sort of to earn enough to be able to fund their indie yeah, this indie like game that they're they're trying to kind of get off the ground. Yeah, because I read that a little while ago. I've gotten really into Eve Dangerfield. I need to read her backlist. Yeah, you do. But also, she occasionally does these like. Gabby would fucking hate this, but she does these like novellas that are definitely epilogues. <laughs> Why doesn't she just put them in the book as epilogues? I don't... Well, like... Because there's, there's too many chapters. She's... No, no, no. Because <laughs> there's, like, massive amounts of time that are between oh, the release okay. of the actual book and the release of these, like, little, like, bonus kind of things. Yeah. It's, like, self-fanfic. So, so the lockbox, there's a connected novella that just came out quite recently. Like, so I was reading it and I was like oh okay 
some of the issues that she's dealing with seem kind of out of nowhere. And then I went back to Lockbox and I was like, oh no, it's fucking there. And it was not resolved properly. And she is resolving it in a really, like, solid way. Yeah. Is she so, still like, indie how, published? How many years after is she resolving these issues, though? Well, like, I, I read Lockbox, what, last year? Mm-hmm. Um, and this book only just came out. Mm-hmm. So it's been at least a year has gone by mm-hmm. between release dates and within, like, the actual world of the books there's been a significant chunk of time as well so it's like very definitely like because they're married now so in lockbox she has issues about money and it's kind of it it's discussed but it's not really kind of there's not a lot of digging into it and then so this this novella is about like she's been going to therapy for her money issues And by going to therapy, it's brought up this, like, kink that she didn't know she had. He's really fucking freaked out by the idea that she not only is doing it in her head, but actively wants him to participate now. And what does that say about how she thinks of him? Mm. Anyway, it's actually a really good novella. It's a really good extension of the book. But it is an epilogue. (laughs) Well, I like epilogues, so that's not going to bother me much. I like when I like them when there is a purpose to them, if they're actually doing something. Mm. So, whereas like that is anyway, lockbox was like one of the things that I wrote down because it's like almost but not quite. Final thoughts and feelings. You guys should read more graphic novels. Wow, yeah, it's really judgy. Hey. From, like, someone who's just joined us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're channeling Gabby's spirit. 100%. <laughs> just learn to read them. <laughs> just give me a ship. That's all I'm asking for. One I've that's going to float five ever. Well, I've given you one that you can work through until they... Okay. And wow. so the cat writes a graphic novel Oh, my God. How Fence. have we not even brought that up? Because uh, it's only up to... Not even up to volume two yet. Oh, so, so you've it's not gonna read be... it at all. No, I've just collected it. Um, but oh, so you're waiting. I'm waiting. But I am pretty sure she's not going to kill them off. And I'm pretty sure the romance Why? is going to be okay. You should have just waited until they're like the full deluxe volume of all volumes in one. Well, I have this thing of like, should I collect each individual comic so that like I can reveal myself as a real fan, but also I'm not really reading it in the in, in, I in buy the them collective. I do not even own like separate comics. Yeah. So also, I don't know how comics publishing works. So I just volume we, one is out. I'll take that one. Okay, Kat that they'll be collected. Cat just really wants to be called adequate. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> That's her like do. aim in life. That's all we have time for in this episode. Huge thanks to our audio producer Rudy Bremer. You can find the show notes for episode 72 at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other listeners like you find the show. We had a massive response to our hashtag Rombooklove episode, so we wanted to take a moment to thank Anna for all her hard work organising the month of prompts and discussions. And to paraphrase the words of Vicky, who tweets as Vicky Boston SLP, it was fascinating to hear about everyone's reading habits and rules. 
Who knew that bookmarking would be so controversial? I didn't realize that there were so many different ways to use digital bookmarks. And also, I didn't realize that people actually use them at all. People who read the ending of a book first, I feel validated. And I'm glad that we gave them a safe forum to reveal themselves. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more Bookfingo podcast. And in the meantime, please visit us at bookfingo.com.au and have a fabulous fortnight of reading. I've been recording for like four minutes. Not a single one of you have been interesting enough for it to have been worth it.